right, ATP Podcast Episode 16. My guest today is Max, and is your last name Schrader? Schroeder? Schroeder. So I knew a Max Schrader that was spelled, like, I think the same exact way, which is weird. But, uh, yeah, okay. I was interested when I saw your card the first time. Hey, all right. Yeah. And, Max, so you're a, you're a trainer, you're a physical therapist. Well, give me all your titles. So I am, <laughs> all right, let, let me think about this real quick. I am a athletic trainer. Okay, athletic trainer. And then I'm also a personal trainer through NASM. Okay. Um, I have my dry needle one certification. And then I'm also uh, proficient in nutrition with two different nutritional certifications. Okay. So what kind of titles would you give yourself? What, what would you, if someone asked like, what are you services? Oh, that's a good question. Um, my services, I'd probably be like, I'm, I'm a trainer to all, I okay. guess you could say. Yeah. I work with anyone from spinal cord injury patients. I've done para- I'm doing currently paraplegic personal training. Oh, right. Um, you know, athletic training when it comes to the dry needling course, helping out all the physical therapists on that side, and then as well as uh, pediatrics and geriatrics for personal training, too. Okay. So, where, full spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> quite the gamut there. Where do you, uh, where do you operate out of? Uh, Premier Physical Therapy. And where's that at? It is in Woodlawn. Okay. So if you know where... I said, uh, to or St. Rita's is on mm-hmm. 75, right mm-hmm. there, basically. Okay. Um, and then also, I do a little bit of personal training out of Crunch Fitness in Kenwood. Oh, nice. Okay. Those are two opposite end locations, yep. though. That's yep. a little bit of running around for you. Yeah. yeah. That's not too bad. They're only about 20 minutes apart. Okay. So. What do you do most of if you had to break down your load? Like, hmm. For the breakdown of my load, so I mainly work at Premier. Okay. So mainly helping out all the physical therapists with whatever needs to be done. So if they have a certain exercise in mind or if they need help with certain exercises, like um, I had a physical therapy student come up to me the other day, and he asks, Max, um, we have a post-ACL kid. He's like maybe like... 18 years old, he's uh, he, he, he's lacking uh, terminal knee extension. What kind of exercises would you recommend? I'm like, okay, well, is, is he allowed to run and jump yet? And he goes, no. Okay. So he's he's a soccer player. He's I think he's going D2 for soccer. He's pretty good. So what we ended up doing is we ended up having him on a sled and really focus on that terminal knee extension. So we had him do pushes with the sled mm-hmm. as well as pull with the TRX. So will you explain terminal knee extension for... Okay, so terminal knee extension is that last little five degrees of extension mm-hmm. when trying to straighten your knee out. Okay. So that's that little last little bit, and that's very important for working on the quad and working on the strength of the quad. Mm-hmm. It's that end range of your extension. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, we were trying to help him out with that, and so on and so forth. That's where it kind of led in with that. But, again, that was a student. He He's pretty new when it comes to the... Yeah. Thing. So he was. He was like, "Well, what would you do, Max?" And I go, "Well, what would you do?" And <laughs> so on and so forth. He was going back and forth. But that's basically what I do: is I help out all the physical therapists with whatever needs to be done, and then I do personal training in between. Okay. Do you? So you train people out of that location as well? Yes. Like someone can come in that's mm-hmm. not even dealing with any physical therapy, and just like I want to come Correct. see you and train with you Correct. right on. Correct. Correct. Um, you know, I've done a little bit of. There's. A, we have a stretching routine there too, where I can take you through stretches. I do cupping, I do um, instrument-assisted soft tissue mobilization, which is the scraping, what mm-hmm. people refer to it as. 
and as well as now that I have my dry needle cert, I can do anything upper extremity that I am comfortable with. Okay. Dry needling. So what got you into all this? What got you into the health and fitness or whatever people call it these days? So I've always wanted to help people and I always loved animals as a kid is gonna kind of be a weird okay weird that's fine kind of go roundabout as you need but so as a kid I, I idolized Steve Irwin okay yeah. everyone did let's be honest <laughs> but um, I idolized Steve Irwin I've always seen how much joy he's brought to people and just how much he helped people and animals and everything yeah. else in, the, in in between you know and my mom was really big into fitness. She was a bodybuilder. She got uh, Miss Cincinnati twice, uh, two times in a row oh, in nice. one year. I, I forget what year it was. It was before I was born, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but um, uh, basically, from there, I kind of developed into a, hey, I like working out. My mom got me into working out. Hey, this is cool. And then I realized that as a vet, you'd have to put down animals. Yeah. Didn't want to do that. Okay, so that was kind of original. Yeah, like, I was like, oh, I want to do this, but I had to put, but I had to put down the dog, and I couldn't do that because everyone <laughs> cries during during a movie when a dog dies, right? Right. I, I couldn't do that yeah. in real life. So from there, I was like, okay, well, let's help out humans instead of animals. So we're working out, so on and so forth, and eventually growing into the, hey, I like sports a little bit more too. Let's kind of incorporate the athletic training side. Okay. So then from there, kind of branched out. Right out of high school, I got my uh, certification through NASM mm-hmm. and then went right into NKU for athletic training. And okay. Graduated in spring of 2019, I do believe. Yeah. All right. So recently, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, Recent grad. Were you training people? So you said you got your certification before you went to NKU. Correct. Were you training people while you were mm-hmm. at NKU? So that was yep. like your first intro was you started as a personal trainer yeah. Yeah. while you were getting your athletic mm-hmm. training degree. Okay. Um, and then so 2019, which was last year. So what? where were you after that? What is that where you found uh, yeah, the so place th- you're at now? Yeah, so that's when I found uh, Premier and... I've been there ever since, and I started there part-time, and then within a matter of six months, they wanted me there full-time, so okay. I'm extremely grateful for my boss and everyone there that has helped me out through all that program, Yeah, started the personal training program there, so it's Now, you're, you're in a unique position because of the different, like, personal training versus athletic trainer. Correct. Um, why don't you explain a little bit about what's different about the two disciplines and then what kind of overlaps between them, at least okay. what you've experienced. So, I'll start with personal training. So personal training is it 90% of the time it's probably a certification. You know, mm-hmm. you can go to school for it and, you know, out of exercise science, you know, but the general idea is that you get a certification and it is not necessarily a low level cert, but it's you know, not the most difficult thing to introductory. do. Introductory. Yeah, very inter- introductory. Um, now you can build on top of that, and then that's when you can get into the higher level things, which is mm-hmm. what I know that you you do. So, uh, Let's see, basically, uh, I'm, I'm almost anti certification. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm not 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 anti, but just I I think it holds too much weight than it than no, other I, things. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, personal training, you know. Most of the time, you're going to have the people who are you know wanting to lose weight, wanting to gain muscle. You know, I. No, the majority of people that I've met are, are, are like, well, I want to lose weight, but I also want to, you know, maintain like my, you know, I want to maintain muscle mass. I'm like, okay, well, we got to do X, Y, and Z first, and then you can build some muscle on it. They're like, oh, okay, but they still don't get that through the head. Anyway. Yeah. Isn't so, it kind of weird how like much like the outside world perceives what we do, and then it's like, it's uh, not at all. Like when no. people come in and explain or what they expect, I'm like, that's it's, not how no, this works. I'm no. sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, that's Hollywood for you. Yeah. Hollywood showed you this. Yeah. This is not how it is. Yeah. But, um, you know, 
personal training, you train people to reach their goals when it comes to a weight and or performance or performance, yeah, um, type of deal. When it comes to the opposite side, which is athletic training, a lot of people refer to athletic trainers as trainers. This is one of the pet peeves right, of the, that's why I of the athletic training world. Um, you know, I I get very upset when I, when when NFL is like, oh well, they 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 need the trainer out there. No, it's an athletic trainer, and I'll explain the difference. So, when it comes to a athletic trainer. We deal primarily with injuries, mm-hmm. so acute injuries is our main our, our main focus. Right. So we are mainly with sports teams that, you know, we're on the sidelines. We're the guy who, hey, you rolled your ankle, come see me. Mm-hmm. We'll tape you up. We'll, we'll we'll make sure it's not broken, so on and so forth. And then we'll send you back out, or we'll do rehab, or refer you to any kind of medical system that that we need to. Okay. So the, I think the main difference between the two is. Personal, personal training is trying to help someone achieve their goals when it comes to a performance, weight, muscle type of deal. Mm-hmm. Athletic training is, hey, you have an injury. I'm going to get you back to where you need to be mm. and then also push you a little further. Okay. So how much of that overlaps with like physical therapy, like athletic training? Athletic training and physical therapy overlap a lot. Okay. So it's pretty similar. Yeah. It's more of a specific clientele Per se, maybe. yeah, yeah, you, you, you could say. Um, you know, they overlap a lot. Physical therapy, you know, they deal with. You know, obviously, they're a doctorate, so they have a little bit more athletic. Uh, athletic training is a master's, so they deal with. You know, more of a. Um, more of a. How do I put this? A out of surgery population, you could say, okay. and then as well as a chronic pain or. People who are graduated from sports, people who are in gotcha. a, or adults or even uh, pediatrics who Man. have certain issues that they don't need to see an athletic trainer for. Again, athletic trainers are more for the acute issues. Immediate. Yeah, immediate, immediate care. care versus physical therapy. And again, yeah. we work hand in hand with each other. Yeah. You know, athletic trainers and physical therapists. Absolutely. You know, so we have a type of relationship where hey, I don't know what's going on with this person. I've tried X, Y, and Z. What do you mm. think? Well, have you tried this? No. Okay, let's try it. And if it works, it works. Yeah. You know, and then as well as, you know, one of the prime examples I like to think of is one of our high schools around here is sponsored, or a lot of high schools are, high schools and colleges are sponsored by a physical therapy clinic. Mm-hmm. So take, for example, uh, Beacon around here. Yeah. So That's who sponsored our rugby team. The yeah. were sponsored by Beacon. Yeah. Yeah. So Beacon is with Oak Hills, which is one of the high schools around here. Mm-hmm. And then so if one of the athletic trainers there, you know, has a fracture with someone, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna mobilize you. I want to make sure you're okay. But then tomorrow morning, if it's not too bad, you know, I'm gonna send you over to Beacon. Mm-hmm. And then from there, they'll get the X-rays, so on and so forth. And then they'll have the rehab over at Beacon. Okay. For the most part, and also seeing the athletic trainer for the ice for the stem. For the other things like that that help control all the all the acute stuff. Okay. Can so I you, a little yeah, more? Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. So you both work hand in hand during that time post injury recovery process. Yeah. Just doing different parts of the discipline, so mm-hmm. to speak. Well, that's put you in a new, unique position then, because you do deal with then being a personal trainer. I always say it's more the preventative stuff that we do. So that you're training, you're trying to get someone as strong or fit in the sports world, especially as strong or fit as possible 
so that they don't have injuries mm -hmm. and then but then you get to see both sides of it that's a pretty cool position yeah um, yeah do you feel like that plays a lot to an advantage to you I feel like that would um, oh yeah, definitely. Outside, yeah. I, I will say that getting my certification before going into athletic training definitely helped me out yeah when it comes to the you know not only just the anatomy side but the physiological and the biomechanic side too mm -hmm. like you know although going in before you know with NASM they didn't you know they didn't go into origin insertion innervation of all the muscles yeah. but they went into hey what does your bicep do? Right. Flexion, a little bit of flexion with the shoulders, you know, and then a little bit of pronation, supination, you know, and then that definitely helped out when it came to the origin and insertion side of knowing where the muscles start and stop, mm -hmm. and as well as innervation when it comes to the athletic training side. Yeah. So. So why did you choose to do, like, all these different like I know you said you like you want to help people and stuff. Yeah. Is that why you just thought that okay, well this is going to give me the best tools in my toolbox mm -hmm. to accomplish what I want? Yeah, um, you know I it, it's it, it's a weird thing. Like I just I just love seeing people improve on themselves, mm -hmm. and I love seeing people be very happy with themselves. Yeah. And you know as as a personal trainer, athletic trainer, you can probably attest to this too. Like you know not only do we help them out with the physical side. But sometimes they're having a bad day too, mm -hmm. and they vent to you, correct? Yeah. You know, and you know it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you know, we're also a, you know, a therapist of the mind as Absolutely. well. Absolutely, yeah. You know, so I figured this was the best way to kind of mix all of them together and do what I do what I no, need to do to help people. I see that one hundred percent. Do you? So, what like kind of vision do you have for like long term career? Like what? type of practice do you want to have? I always use the term practice. No, no, that's I, more of a medical I like term. that. No, but I, it is. No, that's I like what that. it is. It's, it's what it is. service yeah. or practice yeah, or whatever. You know, um, you know, I, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm really not sure. Yeah. You know, I am answer. currently in the works <laughs> of going into a PTA program okay. at Kent State. So physical therapy assistant. Mm -hmm. um, it's a transition program. So it's short, sweet, and to the point. Um, but... You know, in the end, I want to have the authority to do what I need to do to help people get better and not necessarily get questioned on it, but yeah. just to kind of have more leadway with what we can do. Because as a personal trainer, Your we're scope is pretty limited. Yeah, we're very low down here. Yeah, you know, athletic trainers in the middle. You know, PTA is getting up there, and then physical therapy is you know, up there, and then obviously a physician is right. not even in the question for me, but yeah. way up there. <laughs> How do you feel about kind of the way that works right now? Like, what's your thoughts on that? So, it's interesting. So, it's, in, it's, it's complicated because personal training for NASM, you're required, I do believe, 2.0 uh, Continue educations. Mm -hmm. I have the NASM one too. Yeah, so yeah, really yeah. So yeah. I, I, every two years, okay, and you know every every system has their own separate thing, but I roughly equivalent that to twenty. Yeah. Okay, because you know how it is. It's like point one, point three, so on and so forth. So I equivalent that to twenty CEUs. We're gonna say, okay, mm -hmm. and then I do believe that PTAs have to do. One, don't, don't quote me on this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure yet because I'm I'm not there. I get you. Uh, I do believe 20 every two years as well, which is PTA is a uh, associate's degree. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then uh, athletic trainers have to get 50 every two years of continued education. Okay, physical therapists, take a guess. 
every two years. 120. No, 25. Oh, I don't know. 25. <laughs> I thought we were going up. No, 25. no. 25. Okay, so athletic trainers are 50 it's... and physical therapists 25. And again, physical therapist is a doctorate. Right. Athletic trainers is a master's now. Yeah. You know, before it was a bachelor's. Yeah. And then an associate has to get 25 or 20 as well. Right. Like, do you see where the mismatch, you know, is? Now, there? when you say the, the 25 with the PT versus the personal training is that you equating that to you said about 20 even though it's two units yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. okay it's two units yeah so you're so per per unit or whatever you want to put this 20 to 25 is like kind of your ratio yeah per, okay i get you yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. so we're pretty personal training is pretty close to the demands of continuing education as the other stuff correct okay yeah gotcha. you know and it, it's it's interesting though because you know athletic trainers we have to get you know, 50 kids mm-hmm. education where we're less of a, when we're more, when we're more of a degree than a, than a PTA, which makes sense. Right. But we're less of a degree than a physical therapist. Right. You know, and again, this is, this is going back to what you, what you know, what your question was like, it's a very messed up system. Yeah. You know, PTAs um, are allowed to bill for their services. Mm-hmm. So if they do therapeutic exercises on a patient they're allowed to bill X amount of money, depending on what insurance you have, obviously, mm-hmm. for what they did with them okay. for X amount of time. Yeah. Same, thing, s- s- same thing with uh, a physical therapist. They charge more technically because right. they're, they're a doctor, you know. And an athletic trainer cannot bill for their services. So if I do, if, if I do the exact same therapeutic exercises, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a uh, ICD code, by the way. Okay. Um, you know, that is billed under insurance. If I do therapeutic exercises, the exact same thing that the, that the, that the PTA yeah. and the physical therapist did, I cannot bill an insurance for that. That's interesting. Yeah. It, it, again, it makes zero sense. Yeah. It's interesting. What do you think that is? Do you think it's because of just like litigation rules or just, or industry, you know, like... Uh, a little bit of that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, again, going back to that thing of what's the difference between a authority trainer and personal trainer? Like... Well, it's kind of hard to describe, and you know, so it goes back to the thing of people are calling us a trainer. Mm-hmm. They're calling us a trainer, you know. So, are we a personal trainer or an athletic trainer? You know what I mean? Like a personal trainer, yeah. you know, can't bill that there's a for services through insurance, right? You know, absolutely no, right? An athletic trainer cannot either, but yet we we have a master's degree, and we we also have to do thirty more continued education units mm-hmm. comparatively, right? You know, it's it's a mess of system. So I also think that it's also due to evidence based as well. Okay, this is one of the things that my professors really preached on, and I I, I didn't really get this until after college, of course. Okay, but evidence based practice. Okay, are you familiar with what evidence based practices? I mean, I, I'm always talking about how results are your number one, but is this more dealing with the statistics and studies done on your practice? Yes. Okay. So this is the actual research itself. Yeah. Okay. So. This is done over X amount of years. You get X amount of 100 you know, per- participants, mm-hmm. 50 male, 50 female, so on and so forth. You do one specific thing. You work on it. You have a hypothesis. You come out. These are your results. This is, and, and then it either proves your hypothesis right or it proves it wrong. Right. You know, and athletic trainers, we don't really have to do a lot of evidence-based. Okay. You know, so that's another reason why it switched from a why the athletic training industry switched from a bachelor's mm-hmm. to a master's. Okay. 
So we can actually have that time to do more evidence-based stuff yeah. and show that, hey, what we do can be billed. What we do can actually help people, and we're not considered a trainer. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you feel about that? Well, what's your opinion on, on evidence-based and scientific route versus just anecdote? Can you, can, can you explain a little more? Sorry. Um, so, like, do you hold, are you very... Are you a very statistic mind person where when it comes to this field that you look at that stuff more? Or how much do you play evolve anecdote as far as just, you know, what people are doing as far as getting results in their field, it, uh, even though it may not be studied and done and measured as, as quantifiable as like we like to try to do with everything these of days. <laughs> um, but kind of, yeah, what are, your, what are your thoughts on all of that as far as, maybe, maybe I'll no, help you. No, I'm, I'm a very simple guy. I, 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 I went to engineering school, so like I was always science, yeah, math minded. Very, that was yeah. all I held that in high value, and now I've kind of gone way the other way, where because of what I've seen in engineering, and then even more so in this field, where there's just not enough typical stuff to really like say like, well, this is the right answer, and this is the way, and that's where I get a little. I undervalue statistics more than a lot of other people do. I that's fair. I that's okay. probably value just in real-time results more than most other people do no, and, as well. And, you know, I I can say that I'm a little bit of 50-50. 50-50, okay. You know, so if a study shows that, you know, uh, let's just take example, uh, terminal extension again. Let's just go back to that, okay. that yeah. topic, okay? If, if a study shows that... You know, you need that extra last little couple degrees of knee extension in order mm -hmm. to get full activation of the quad. Right. Okay? And if it shows that out of 50 people, only only half of them did it. You know, mm -hmm. like only half of them actually showed true results from having terminal knee extension. Right. And I'll be like, okay, well, then I'll maybe try it on half of my population that I have. You mm -hmm. know, and try to test it out that way as well. You know, but if it shows that you know, 100% of them needed the full terminal knee extension to get full power of the knee, mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, well, I mean, if it shows, then I'm going to try to incorporate it more. Yeah. But again, it's on an individual basis as well. So you still take into account that even, let's say it's 90%, right? Yeah. You're going to take into account, like, this might not work on this guy. Oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know, and, you know, there's, and that's the fun part about our job is, like, you know, yes, all the all the evidence can say, you know, you need this, you need that, you right. need that. But everyone is so different yeah. that it's not always going to work on that population. Mm -hmm. You know, from different body types to different body sizes to athletic performance sides to, you know, a geriatric patient versus a pediatric patient. You yeah. know, it's, that's the fun part about our job is we can kind of mix match evidence and show that, you know, although it works very well in, this, in X population, it might not work very well in Y population. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we can kind of mix match and see what works out best for the individual. Okay. You know, I, you know, although I love evidence, again, yeah. when it boils down to it, it's that single individual. It's the case. Exactly. Case study. It's, it's case by case. Yeah. You know. So again, if someone says that, you know, you know, I don't I don't think that these things are working. Okay, I'm definitely going to, you know, mm -hmm. if a patient comes to me and says, you know, I, I don't I don't think this exercise is 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 working very well. Yeah. Okay, well, let's try to modify it a little bit and and see if that's better. Mm -hmm. and, and 
usually they'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, that, that's definitely working out a little better. Or, or ooh, ooh, I feel that more. Yeah. Okay, cool. But if they're like, oh, you know, it, it, it doesn't really, really it, you know, I don't really feel anything. Okay, well, we're going to cross that out. We're going to go do something else. Okay. So you're probably, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're like, it sounds to me like you're going and trying to gain as much information about your continuing education through the school just so you have a wide variety, again, of tools or information for you to distill in your own way, in your own cases, and just be like, okay, Correct. I've got all this information. I might not even use 80% of it, but it's there in case, or I, most of the time I might not use it, but if I, if I need it, I can pull it down. Yeah, and no, 100%, yeah. Correct. Okay, gotcha. Um, and so kind of back to, you said you're not 100% sure what your long-term goal is, but like, what type of people do you really like working with? Hmm. As of recently, the paraplegic population. Okay. <laughs> as of recently, the paraplegic, yeah? yeah, as of recently. How many of those do you have right now? I have about, I think, for personal training, I have two. Okay. For me in the clinic, I see roughly four-ish, okay. yeah. ish, roughly, depending on the week. And what got you into that? So, I I like the neuroscience side. Yeah. So neuroscience to me is very it's so complicated that and we it, don't know much at all really. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it's so complicated, but it's so simple at the same yes, time. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very interesting thing where it's just like, you know, you wouldn't think that for for us, you know, a as as we call it, a able body. Okay. Okay. So an able-bodied person is someone who can walk around, do whatever they need, full full range of motion on on, on everything. Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't think that just kneeling, or or as we call it, tall kneeling, mm-hmm. you know, is very difficult. Right. You know, but for someone who is a paraplegic, basically from we're gonna say like their thoracic spine on down. Okay. You know, in you know layman's terms. Yeah. You know they can't really function or sometimes it spasms too much so it gets so it's a super super hard contraction that is like shaking spasming you know getting on getting on their knees is super difficult mm-hmm. sometimes it takes three three of us in order to get one person into a certain position that we need to okay for them to do a certain exercise yeah. but it's it's just very beneficial for them in that manner so it's just fun to think of different exercises and how can I work this when they can't do this? Right. You got to be really creative. Yeah, you got to be wrong. really creative. You got to be on, you got to be on it at all times cuz you know, when it comes to walking with 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 a paraplegic, you know, mm-hmm. we've done a lot of walking where they have braces or you know, we're closely guarding or so on and so forth, you know, at any moment they fall. Right. You know, there's you know, there's so many things where it's just like it keeps me on my toes, and I like that. I like being on my toes. I like being mm-hmm. constantly able to do something like that. So that's why I like the neuro neuroscience side of it. Yeah. So the, so working with the paraplegic people, what are what are you kind of trying to accomplish? What are what are goals with those? Um, you As know, being a personal trainer, what? You know, really. So a lot of times it's transfers. Okay. So transfers from either their their wheelchair to you know, a bed or wheelchair mm-hmm. to a bench or even from gr- ground gr- ground to, you know, wheelchair. So I okay. think of the mind of, okay, I'm doing this, so what type of exercises, 
you know, what muscles are the, is this affecting? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of time it is, you know, chest, lats, you know, shoulders. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the majority of the bigger muscles that are going to be worked. But at the same time, they're sitting in a chair. And most of the time that chair is a little bit recumbent. So they're sitting here, you know, right. a little hunched over, bad posture. So then we know that if we're bad posture, these are going to be chronically tight. Yeah. And we don't really want that because then they can't use that full range of motion in order to get them up. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a constant back and forth battle. It's like, yes, I want to work their chest a little bit more and yeah. their lats a little bit more. But at the same time, I don't because they're already using them constantly because they're in the hunched over position. Right. You know, and some some are better than others. But, um, yeah. So, like... You're you're trying to help them improve the quality of life yeah. that they have right now. Yeah, like you and, doing char- how that you making know, that, them as mobile as they can be given yeah, their situation. That and then as well as you know if they just want to get stronger. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, uh, or look good. Like exactly. Why not? You know. You know, they're. You know, we we used we used to have a program at Premier where it's called Community, mm-hmm. and it was really focused on core stability. Okay. You know, or I, no, I, I, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Community was basically for people who wanted to pay just a cash pay just to see an athletic trainer for an hour, and you could basically work on whatever you wanted to work on during that hour. Okay. But a lot of times it was therapy-based and yeah. not necessarily strength-based. Okay. You know, so, example, I had one of my clients who was a part of the community program who we worked a lot on core for him. You know, he, mm-hmm. he was paraplegic, um, worked on a lot of core for him, so a lot of just, you know, sit, sitting nice and tall, really trying to get, you know, good posture, and then I'd have him reach out and try to touch something. Again, being paraplegic, if you're, you know, from T10 on down, mm-hmm. nothing works from about mid-spine right. on down. So you don't have any of your core muscles, really. No. So what's holding you up, really? Well, you could say a little bit of your lats, you know, all your... Uh, erectorspinae muscles, multifidae, and it's very small little groups of muscles, you know, comparatively, but lats, you know, obviously the big ones. Right. You know, even then, if it's only from here on down, how much of it is working, so on and so forth, so it's kind of like a, you know, him trying to reach was really hard for him, Mm -hmm. you know, but eventually he was able to get to that point, and, you know, he's like, he's like, Max, you know, like, community program's great and all, but I kind of want to just really work on getting... You know, stronger. Yeah, and that's where it kind of developed out into the personal training realm with me. Okay. With now, the people that you have are they results of accidents or genetics or what? What are you kind of dealing with right now? Most times, accidents. Accidents. Yeah. Most are times they accidents. given any hope of being able to recreate the connection? So, yes. Okay. So there are. So when it comes to the spinal cord injury, there are two terms of thought really. Um, either you're complete, which is where it's completely and now I guess severed. I my other question was: it mostly spinal cord or is it like neural? The, get... the ones that I deal with are mostly spinal okay. cord. Okay. Some are neural. Okay. Um, but mostly it is spinal cord. Okay. And, and or stroke, you could say too. Okay, gotcha. So, so that's why I would. So I would. I deal with a lot of stroke recovery. Yeah. To, and at least in my what I've looked into, that's a lot of neural. For, for yeah, what yeah, they, yeah. They, they go hand in hand. Yeah, I was you know? one curious if they overlap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they really do go hand in hand, going back and forth. But mm-hmm. um, what was the question again? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> just do they? Would the people that you get do they? Are do they come in with any hope oh, of yeah. recovery or regaining any bit of? Yeah, yeah. So the people, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, if you really wanted to make it happen, 
make it effing happen. Right. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Like, um, you know, s- there, like I said, there's two trains of thought. Either it's complete, which is where it is severed mm-hmm. from whatever segment on down, mm-hmm. or incomplete, which is where there are traces of still neural activity and the feedback going from, we're just going to say, the foot, you know, from, from the foot back to the spinal cord, to the brain, all the way back down. Okay. Okay? Now, some of them might have that reaction of where it's just coming from the foot up so they can feel things. Okay. But they can't really move things. Okay. It's the opposite. So, again, there is hope for some people and mm-hmm. other people, again, we can always try to do whatever we need to do. Right. There's like, no guarantee. I will, I, will, I will never say no yeah. to trying something. Yeah. You know? But, again, there is no guarantee. But then, again, that, that's the fun part. Mm-hmm. You know? If you have someone that you think that is never, ever going to take one step in their life again, and all of a sudden they're able to do a little tiny six-inch step, yeah. the, the clinic goes crazy. Their whole life it, changes. It's, yeah, yeah, their whole life changes. Yeah. You know, so, and again, that's the reason why I get into this, because you're able to see yeah. that one little tiny thing brighten up their entire life. Yeah. Have you seen, so. have you seen some improvements in the yeah. people? Oh, definitely. Seen, yeah, that's good. Definitely. Good. Yeah, it, it amazes me just on the few people that I've worked with. And again, like you said, sometimes it's just a little thing that to us sounds like no big deal, but to them it's a whole life-changing yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, like, you got to understand your life goes from you're able to do whatever you can do normally to mm-hmm. you're in a wheelchair not being able to move your own self. Right. You're not being able to use the restroom the normal way. Mm-hmm. You're not being able to eat your normal foods that you yeah. have to eat. You know, it's a complete 180 that I think that people don't realize how big of a flip it is. Right. You know? Absolutely. So. And even if, like, I've seen, again, with a few people, like, even if necessarily it's not always these big improvements, but just that process for them to be able to work towards something like that, it's just, it just gives them a whole new purpose in their yeah. life. And it's like, even, again, like, and most most people I've seen, we've at least made some progress, however slow. But it's like again, they they enjoy the process of it because they're like, look, I'm putting in this work, I'm doing something, exactly. like I'm yeah, I'm getting exactly. better at something. And you know, it's it's interesting with nerves too. They grow at an extremely slow. They're rate. the last thing to come back. Yeah, they're at <laughs> such a slow rate. Like it is crazy on how slow it is. And you know, if you really think about it, well, yes, although. Arteries, arteries and veins run alongside most most nerve pathways, mm-hmm. but there's no good blood flow to the nerves itself. Yeah. So it might be good, you know, circulation and healing going to the muscle, mm-hmm. which is great. But if that nerve is dead, yeah. you know, we're gonna say, then how much of that muscle can you actually use? use? Yeah. yeah. So. Right, that's that's everyone. I mean, like we we think of all this, you know, physical stuff with when it comes to fitness, which is physical, but also at the base of it, I mean, strength is neural. It's exactly. your body's ability to use what you have. Exactly. And if it doesn't matter, yeah, if you can't tap into that, then all else fitness. doesn't matter. Yeah. At no, that point, I agree. I 100% agree on that. Um, so like with with these people in these cases that you have, um, do you find yourself? butting heads at all with other people in the in like the medical fitness whatever you want to call it field um as far as your approach or do you deal with or i'm sure at the place you're at everyone's kind of on the same page but i don't know if like do you have anyone i've had cases where 
people come in, they're like, my doctor says I'm never going to be able to do this. And then I have them do that. And I'm like, exactly. what's going on here? Why? Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's in, you know, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, going back to that doctor thing, you know, obviously you're an MD for a reason. You're right. a very smart individual. Yes. I am not taking that away from you, mm-hmm. you know. But again, do you see them three or four times a week? Sometimes you do. Yeah. The majority of the time you don't, you know. So do you see the, the only thing you see is what we write down for you. Again, this goes right. back to the evidence-based thing, you know. Yeah. We got to be able to write down what we do. We got to be able to document it all so that, you know, we can show improvement on, hey, this person did this mm-hmm. when you said they couldn't, you know. Why, like, 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 let, like, let's you and I go go back on this and figure out how they were able to do this and why this happened and yeah, what, yeah, exactly. Um, do you do you in your experience have you come across anything when it comes to nerves and regrowing that type of tissue? Is there any kind of um, studies or you know just anecdotal evidence that to help regain neural pathways or anything? Um, actually, I was listening to a uh, continuation thing yesterday about pain. Okay, you know, so you can relate pain and nerves back back to each other okay you know so it's a thing of if you think that you can do it you really can yeah. you know this the the whole idea behind behind what I was saying with the um, pain issue was that you know if you th- if, if, if if someone rolls their ankle mm-hmm. okay and they are constantly hurting. It's constantly in pain, okay? It's because you're thinking that it's in pain. Yes. Okay? 100%. If you take your mind off of it, and Drake, you think I told about you pain is in the mind. Sorry. <laughs> I had to take a jab at my friend. We did a gravel walk barefoot, and he was like, oh, my feet hurt. And I was like, pain's in the mind, Drake. And he it's said, true, though. I'm pretty sure it's in my feet. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. Right, but. right. Anyway, so going back. So if someone rolls their ankle, just the fact of thinking you're always hurt, you're, you're probably going to feel hurt, just exactly. like a hypochondriac always yeah. thinks they're sick. They're always getting sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the exact same thing. It's, it's, you know, if you don't think about the pain, mm-hmm. think about it getting better. If you think, mm-hmm. if you visualize it, mm-hmm. if, you, if, if you close your eyes and you actually visualize yourself doing that motion, yes. you'd be surprised on the results that you can get when it comes to the visualization. Well, you're actually tapping into your body's ability. You're actually taking control of your body to, exactly. you don't know what the process, you don't even know what the, is going on from A to B, exactly. but you're telling it to happen. I, I, I could barely tell you the process from A to B right. when it comes to all that but, stuff. But, but it but works that way. Exactly. It's, it's wild. Yeah. Like I, I broke my hand once in a rugby game and I went to, again, this is, I, 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 I'm at a point where I sound very anti-establishment, doctors, all this. Again, like you said, <laughs> they're very smart people. They oh, yeah. learned a lot. I think a lot of the information that they were given is very narrow book, pictured. Book, book, book. And it's compartmentalized. It doesn't yeah. take everything together. But that being said, I was in this argument with this doctor because he's like, oh, you need to cast six weeks minimum, like that thing, the size of your fracture. And I go, but... It kind of feels fine. Like, I, obviously, if I hit something, it's going to hurt. Yeah. I'm like, I can pick up stuff. I'm feeling kind of okay. I was yeah. like, I think I'm going to go without it. And he's like, I think you're making a big mistake. Well, I let two weeks go by, and I, all I did was my normal stuff. I do a lot of meditation. I, I, like you talk, I visualize. I'm like, mm-hmm. and then, as I tell everyone, I do the things, I do everything I can that doesn't hurt, and I just don't do the shit that actually hurts at that point. You know, and I come back in two weeks just to get an x-ray, just to look at it again, 
and it's healed. And the doctor's like staring at me saying, God, dumbfounded. And I'm like, so remember how you told me six weeks? And I just so, want to hear, he's like, well, that's just what we typically do. Yeah, and typically. So, and you know, another thing is like, with the um, continuing education I was listening to yesterday and I was traveling, um, you know, it said that, you know, if someone does have a fracture and they do cast, mm-hmm. okay, and they do put it in for six weeks, we're going to say. Yeah. Okay. The only thing you can think about is, ow, I'm in a cast. Cast is always in a bad, like, casts are bad. This is never a good thing. I'm, you know, I'm going to be, you know, like this for the rest of my life, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. I'm never going to get back what I, what I do. And, and then when they take off the cast, it's so atrophied, you know, that... They look at both sides. They're like, "Oh my gosh! Like, like, it, like it really was that bad, wasn't yeah. it?" And it's stiff and it feels exactly. shitty. Exactly. It's just yeah. Uh, and, and, and you know, I can't move it because it's because I'm so used to this. You know, it being straight and I can't mm-hmm. move it. And you know, it's the whole mental thing when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, if you can get out of that mindset, you know, aka, you know, maybe not cast but immobilize. Okay. You know, and that's then, a caveat I want to ask you about. But yeah, ahead. And, and and then have them take it off and have them do a little bit of motion. Yeah, you know, just moving back and forth. You know, grip a ball. Mm-hmm. You know, just do something very light. You know, and you know, one of the things is, you know, if it, if you can block out the pain, okay, and if you can, and I always say like you know when it comes to patients, you know. If it's a four out of ten on pain, ten meaning you gotta go to the hospital. Right. You should stop doing it. Okay. Okay. But your four and my four are different. Yeah. You know. So I always use the term discomfort versus pain. Yeah, so yeah, if it's that's discomfort. Fair. You're probably okay. You're fine. If yeah. It's painful. Yeah. Yeah. You know. No. Yeah. No. I agree with that. Yeah. Um. I'm actually start. I'm gonna steal it from you. But you know, if they can understand that, you know, the pain is a little different from what discomfort is, like you said, then they can kind of overlap and become better when it comes to the motion and be able to get through that injury faster. Yeah. So with, on the, on the note of mobilizing, then we'll kind of go back into the whole big picture of yeah. the, you know, visualizing and how you heal. But with something like that, that always was curious. Cause like in this case with, with mine, I'll go back to mine. Like I, I, the reason I chose 100%, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm against ever wearing a cast. I think there's times and places for that shit all the time. I, agree, yeah. I think you should, there's certain points to mobilize. For me, like, well, my pain and my fracture is not on the joint. You know, the palm of my hand is pretty fixed no matter what I do. I mean, it flexes a little and extends yeah. a little bit, but it's not significant, and it's not giving me pain doing that. Exactly. Um, how much of that, how much do you recommend people with those types of joint strains and stuff like that or fractures? When is it time to mobilize versus when is it time to move it more so that you get more blood flow, so that you get all, you know, that you keep your range of motion? How, how do you balance that? Very general rule of thumb is, okay. what I, is what I say is, you know, if you're out in public mm-hmm. actively doing something, you know, walking around, you know, and you feel like someone might bump into you or, you know, you might accidentally hit it on something while out or, you know, in that general realm, keep it, keep it. Immobilized, just in case. Yeah, just for yeah, the. Okay. Yeah, just for just in case, because again, there's so many random things that could happen yeah. in the world, you know. Yeah. And that one-off chance, you know, it you do hit it and it becomes worse. That, right. That, you know, we don't want that. Okay. You know, but if you're at home, if you're relaxing, mm-hmm. if you're sitting here doing a podcast, right. <laughs> if you're in a very controlled environment, exactly. Then let it breathe, move okay. around a little bit. Okay. You know, and again, it's as you feel comfortable. Again, you got to get that mental thing yeah. within them. You know, as you feel comfortable, 
start adding in more exercises. And again, okay. that's the whole rule of you know, athletic training and physical therapy is as they feel comfortable, start adding in more stuff. Yeah. You know, and as your range of motion gets better, start adding in more stuff. Yeah. You know, and then just build, build, build on top of that. I'm very on the same page with you. Then that sounds like I like to. I tell everyone do as much as you can that doesn't give you pain. And then like you like we'll go to an ankle again. Like someone, I'll be like, try and walk on that at your house. Try and like if you can without pain, like you sprained your ankle, try and do that. Now, if you're going to go try and play your sport, you might want to brace mm, yeah, it up a little yeah. bit. You might yeah, want to exactly. tape it, do that, or not, or not play that for a while because exactly. of that. Exactly. You know, depending yeah, yeah, yeah. on the severity. But it's like, yeah, like that. That makes sense to me. So. The, the casting and stuff, you would say, is more preventative to just not yeah. make it worse. So, actually, so an, an interesting thing, sorry, just to no, go yeah. off, a little bit of tangent. Um, you know, the evolution of hip replacements. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with hip, hip replacements? Not very, no. Okay. I don't know what they are, but. <laughs> okay, so basically, they, you know, the old term was they used to go, I do believe, Posteriorly, okay. okay. So through the glute, mm -hmm. you just cut everything open, go in there, and you could not move that damn thing for X amount of weeks. Okay. Okay. And a thing was a lot. A lot of times they had you know trouble. People had trouble tying their shoe because a lot of people would you know put their foot up on their knee and oh, go. Over, yeah. but, but if you think about how the it socket goes it. out, it's more of a risk for dislocations. Yeah. You know, which happened you know a lot. So that's why. You know, and then over time they evolved again. This is the evidence-based thing. You know, okay. some people started doing an anterior approach, so through the hip flexors. Mm -hmm. You know, and that actually showed that it was a lot easier. Number one, for the surgeon to do. Mm -hmm. Number two, it was easier for the patient to recover from. Number three, I see people come in like like with an anterior approach that are walking the day after with no, with, with, with 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 no crutches. Yeah, imagine. A hip replacement, okay. Mm -hmm. You literally take take the actual uh, head of your femur mm -hmm. off, okay. They drill into it. If if, if anyone has, has never seen a a replacement before, just do it on YouTube. If 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 you're if you're squeamish about blood and bones, don't do it. <laughs> but it's very interesting to see how they do it. Okay, they're okay. very rough, but they get the job done. Yeah. You know, and so they they take the they take the head off. They they put a new chromium head on basically, and then as well as for the hip itself, they kind of sh they take the actual acetabulum off, which is where the head you know fits fits into the socket itself. So it's a ball and socket joint, mm -hmm. and they take that off, and then they put another chromium piece on there. Okay. Okay. And they do a bunch of other little things just to make sure that it's you know moving right and so on and so forth. But you know, imagine all of that being done in the day after. You're able to walk. Uh, it might not be a good walk, right? But you're able to weight bear. Yeah. You're able to walk, no crutches. What the hell? Right. Like, it's a thing of, hey, we found something that's a little better. We're going to continue and work on it and improve. Hmm. You know. And again, it's about it's about that pain pain scale again. You know, posterior approach is very painful. Anterior approach, not so much. Okay. So. Going back to what we were saying, sorry. No, I got you. Absolutely, yeah. Bring it, bring it all back. We kind of got on this tangent just from <laughs> talking about the visualization. So, trying to reconnect those neural pathways mm -hmm. or regrow the nerve tissue. Yep. Um, so you find that that's kind of the number one thing that we have right now that we're not using as well. Is just that, yeah, 
that method of visualization and mm -hmm. basically telling your body in one way or another to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I agree. And you know, I'm not saying suck it up. Right. You know, pain is pain, dude. Like, yeah. If you know, if you get hurt and you broke your finger and it's hanging off, that's painful. Right. Like, I will agree. Right. Okay. But if it's just you know a, a, a dislocation and someone and you know a physician can pop it back into place mm -hmm. and he says you're good to go and you're able to move it around. Oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. Be Go back out and, and, and be the best player you can be. Yeah. Or, or with the other one, even let's say it is the worst injury, fine. Well, now you're here. You got to recover. You got to heal. So put your mindset instead of being like, well, this sucks. I'm hurt. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be like, no, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get back to whatever I'm doing. I'm exactly. gonna, yeah, we're going to improve and get on there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so besides the uh, paraplegic and stuff, what other types of clients do you really like working with? Mm, I'd say just the general population who just wants to improve on themselves. Okay. Like, you know, I, you know, I, as of now, don't see a lot of overweight people, but I see people who have different weird inflammatory response conditions that are yeah. kind of like... Yeah, the chronic hey, pains and the itises yeah, and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of them. So, you know, I had a patient the other day, um, you know, text me and she said that her, you know, at, at, you know, out of all the things, like, it was her, you know, we do believe that it was her cholesterol levels that are, like, kind of holding her back because, you know, it's higher in fatty content. So, mm -hmm. you know, for the first time, I think she said, since she, she, I do believe she said since she was 12, her cholesterol levels are normal. Okay. You know, and, you know, it's not necessarily a, you know, that's not a make or break thing. Right. You know, but it was one of the things that she wanted to get done as a goal and wanted to be able to, you know, get back into a normal lifestyle of, hey, I can eat this, 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 and this, you know, without having to worry about these things going haywire. Yeah. You know, and again, it was just all of her inflammatory issues. I love her to death. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. So you, you, you like... You like helping, I don't want to use the term like dysfunctional or whatever, but just, I don't know, you like helping people get from a place that is below what the human body baseline should be and helping them just yeah. reach homeostasis. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. 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 So what type of stuff um, training-wise do you do with a lot of these people? Um, and I know, not, again, nothing's going to be really typical, yeah, but, but as much as you can generalize. A lot of functional training. Okay. Like, and like that build, building those neural pathways. define as functional training? Okay, uh, This is my question. It's fun. I love hearing this. Um, anything that you can do on a daily, daily thing or sport or sports wise. Okay. That makes you think in a different way. Okay. Okay. Can you elaborate a little bit? So, for example, okay, one way that I like to think about it is doing multiplanar movements. Okay. There you go. Okay. So lunges mm -hmm. with a lateral raise, ba right. ba basic movement, okay? Yeah. But two different planes. Yeah. You know, your body, your mind thinks, oh, yeah, that's easy. But you got to do it, and, you know, for the, like, when someone who's never done that before does right. it, they're like, ah, this is weird. Like, yeah. like, what, like, what's going on? You know, so just trying to make the body and the mind think in different, in a different way than what you're not used to, mm -hmm. but also contributing it back to what a... Like, what you would do on a daily, you know, on the daily, mm -hmm. or even sports-wise. Okay. You know. So creating strength in movements that you would need or that you normally already do in your day-to-day -day yeah. sport life. Okay. Yeah. 
So that, 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 that's the way that I describe functional training. Yeah, so. I get you. No, I, was, I basically just can't that's bring it well, yeah, down I'm to movement. Curious, I train movements instead of muscles. You know, that's, no, no, yeah. Everything, everything to me is functional. So for me to be like a bicep curl is not functional, it could be fucking it's, functional yeah. as hell. Like, so I just be like, yeah, I, but I think of it as, okay, I don't think of it as I'm training my biceps. I, I think of it as, well, I'm, basically I'm, I'm picking and holding something up this way. Like that's, yeah, okay, if I yeah, were to I like that. carry something in this position, that's what I'm using, you know, yeah, things no, like fair. that. Yeah, um, sounds like you have a similar kind of approach to that. Yeah. I just, functional is one of those touchy words because everyone's in their own yeah. camp of like, well, it that's is. functional, that's not. I'm like, you can make anything you can make, functional. You can justify anything to be anything as long as you have the correct words. Yes, and you have the right reasons and why, and that's why I do the podcast is yeah. why are you choosing to do all this yeah. stuff? Okay, so um, you don't work- A lot of what? circuit training too, sorry, yeah. A lot of circuit training? Yeah. Why, so why circuit training? So again, it's going back to that thing of, you know, we could do supersets of, of functional training, but, you know, having you memorize, you know, hey, you're gonna do, you know, Throwing setups here, and, and, and then you're going to go to the landmine, and you're, and you're going to do some cleaner presses. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to the sled, and you're going to do some, you know, walking forwards and backwards. And then I'm going to have you do jumping jacks mm-hmm. while counting in your head. Okay. You know, or doing math, or yeah. naming colors. So you you're know? making it as complicated so that people have to think about everything mm-hmm. versus just, yeah, it's this one thing. We're just going to repeat it yeah. a couple times over. and Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, why why do you choose to do it that way? What what do you see the benefit out of that? Again, so the way I think about it is, your brain's a muscle. Okay, you, know, you can consider it a muscle. Right, absolutely. Okay? So, can it can it burn off calories? Eh, maybe, maybe not. So, they say chess players burn like a thousand thousands of calories when they really? do that. Yeah, there's it's crazy. Actually, they say that people that. in those like high <laughs> mental games, like sitting there, can burn just thousands of calories. <laughs> I don't. Again, that's that's just like one thing I heard wait, one time. It was like that's cool. I'm gonna run Where does the where does the weight shed then? Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> well, I. I've been looking into that too about how we I've been real into breathing lately and how like basically everything mm-hmm. is breathed out like our fat is breathed out in our carbon dioxide but we won't yep. go down that route <laughs> um, but anyway we were talking about why you do the circuit stuff why you why you think of that you said the brain's like a muscle yeah so I mean like if you if you're working your brain on top of your already you know your fatigued muscles mm-hmm. you're technically going to build more and stronger neural pathways as well and then burn more calories too mm-hmm you know, and, you know, again, you know, some of these people are, you know, pretty fit. Other ones are very fit. Other ones aren't, mm-hmm. you know. So it's a thing of, you know, the more you can work, the better it is for the body. Now, okay. Obviously, there comes to a certain point, but, you know, we all know that point, that breaking point where, hey, this person is actually hurt. Let's stop right here. And yeah. We're, and we're just going to relax. Yeah. Now I've seen you. I've seen you work out, and you do some really cool moves. You have a lot of stuff where, like you said, you're breaking planes of motion. You're connecting everything, mm-hmm. um, and they're very non-traditional. I've seen you do traditional as well. So how do you balance those two? Because I've kind of been in the same boat where I have a lot of stuff where people would look and be like, some weird dude playing around with bands and stuff. <laughs> some, like some, some dude in short shorts doing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. No, um, you know, it really just depends. You know, for me what season I'm in. Okay. Because as I've told you, I play semi-professional across Skokaios, by the way. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, why don't you, well, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, it really just depends on what season I'm in, you know, I'm in, you know, from the time that I've seen you, mm-hmm. you know, because of COVID issues, our season has been delayed, but since I'd say May, I've been doing a lot of, you know, functional training, like I said, and then mm-hmm. as well as trying to do the power as well. Okay. You know, and then 
then build off of that as well, trying to make it more natural movements for my sport. Yeah. You know. What about like with your with your clients though? Like, do you do mostly just the functional, or do you do some of the traditional? I'm sure oh, yeah. it's full dependent yeah. too. But yeah, no, I I do. I kind of mix it in. Okay. You know, it, it's a thing of like, you know, we'll do you know we'll do a traditional deadlift followed by something functional. Followed by a traditional something else. Okay, where do you kind you of know. get that system from, or is that just something that you just over something time in my mind that I found developed. that you know really pushes people to think and really pushes people to use muscles in different ways. Okay, it's officially this year the Ohio Coyotes because of COVID issues. Okay, but years previous it was the Cincinnati Flying Pigs. Oh, okay, right on. How long have you been playing for? Oh God, I played, I think. One and a half years in high school. Okay. So that was 2014. I got to do math in my head. <laughs> I'm not good at math. Uh, so roughly five, six years, maybe seven. Okay. Like nice. Yeah. So, not, so you not played through though. college and then mm-hmm. yep. afterwards decided to continue. Yep. What's that like? So that you're the first person I've met that's kind of in a, well, I don't play right now currently, but being a rugby player and yeah. Lacrosse is similar in this country where, unfortunately, it's not as popular as it probably should be. Yep. <laughs> um, Very sad. So you play, it is a, what would you describe your league? Um, it's a competitive box lacrosse league that occasionally will have a pro come in and they will just absolutely destroy everyone. Okay. <laughs> so you guys get some people in your league that are professionally paid yeah, to play? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. that's interesting. You know, uh, you know, our team didn't make it into, you know, nationals, but uh, all the guys on the other team, they're former D1 players. They're mm-hmm. really good. You know, some of them have played professionally a little bit. Yeah. You know, so they just, and again, they they played all together through, they were since they were like five years old. So mm-hmm. their chemistry is just ridiculous, and that's something that we just, you know, couldn't, you know, simulate this weekend. Yeah. Regardless of that topic. <laughs> so why? Let me let me ask you this. I know why I do, but why do why do you continue to like? I mean, not getting paid for it, but um, I mean, you love the game, obviously. Do you see yourself doing that for a long time still? And why so? Why do you continue to do it post uh, school and everything? You know, I I just love love the sport. Yeah. You know, since since I started playing in high school, I just loved it, and you know, I haven't. You know, before that, I didn't play a sport on you know except for my my freshman year of high school. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I you know I messed around. You know, I would have guessed you've been an athlete by how well you move. So that's why. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. No, okay. um, you know, our friends would you know we'll play pick up pick up basketball. You know, back in high school we played pick up basketball, pick up football, baseball, mm. whatever. Kick you know the whole nine yards and you know so I always had the the athlete side of me. Yeah. You know, but. Now that I can actually, I found I found the sport that I'm like, hey, I'm actually decent at this. Yeah. Like 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 let's try to exploit it. Yeah. You know, and I just I just love the sport and I love how much variation there is with lacrosse and how you can play it and different styles mm-hmm. and, you know, I I play a little bit of, of both sides of the ball. I play defense and that's what I did this weekend mostly and, you know, I ran a couple offensive plays. Yeah. You know, but, you know, it's just a different. Atmosphere, I guess you could say. Okay. So I just, I just love. I there's no words to describe it. I get you. you know, Absolutely. It's just, How long do you think you'll play? Just until you, until you can't, till whatever. Until I fall apart. Till the next thing. <laughs> yeah. So, until I fall apart. Right, I get you. <laughs> do you get to work with any lacrosse players? Do you get to do any strength and conditioning for yeah. them? Yeah. Yeah. Some. Do you enjoy some. that? Do you want to do more of that? Yeah. You know. You, like I, you know. There's. You know. Th- there. There's a thought of me where you know my my boss asked me like, if you know. 
if a pro pro team co- like comes to you, Max, and like asks you to like ask you to be be an athletic trainer for him, would you and I go? You know, as long as no one gets a broken bone, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I I just want to keep on playing. I just want to keep on doing what it is. Okay. You know. So. so what do you, so you kind of touched, we've talked about, you said right now you're doing a lot of functional, a lot of power work. Mm-hmm. How does one train for lacrosse or how do you typically train for that or, or, or sports in general, but yeah. you can make it as specific um, as you want. It's a lot of, you know, movements with D, D2 patterns. So with neural pathway patterns, there's a... Uh, explain D2 pattern. I don't know what you mean by D2. Okay, okay sorry, sorry, sorry. So, uh, <laughs> you know, when you think of the planes of the body, you have... If you cross going diagonal, so mm-hmm. one way I think about it is from your pocket, from your left pocket okay. to your right shoulder. Okay. So, that, so yeah, I got you. You know, so a lot of cross body movements going back and forth, up and down. Some people call it oblique sling. Some people call it the serape effect. I've heard. Okay. I yeah, know what it's you're it's about uh, it's D D one and D one and D two flexion and extension. Okay. You know, connecting I, opposite hips to shoulders, which is very common. In yeah. All you know, and, and, you, and you could do it for arm. You could also do it for legs. It's it's the, it's the same kind of deal. Gotcha. But um. You know, it's, it's a lot of those patterns because I'm, you know, taking a ball from, you know, one shoulder, bringing it all the way down and across the other hips. So I'm really mm-hmm. trying to focus on strengthening those areas. Mm-hmm. And as well as like your typical, you know, deadlifts, uh, you know, bench, a lot, a lot of Olympic lifts to try to get okay. power going and try to get going. Olympic or power lifts? So do you do cleans and snatches? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah, you yeah. do? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, again, only during end season because I absolutely hate them. Okay. Absolutely hate them. Yeah. Why don't you like them? <laughs> it's a lot of work for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it, it, it's, it's interesting. Like, I am, I'm not lazy when it comes to working out mm-hmm. at all, but when it comes to certain workouts, it's, like, th- those are my burpees. Yeah. Like, they're just not like, as fun for you for whatever reason. They're not as fun. Okay. They're not as fun. Like, I get you. Like, you, there's always an exercise that someone just doesn't like. Yeah. You know, like, what, what, what is yours? Uh, fuck, I just actually found this. <laughs> I was talking about this the other day because there's not much that I don't. Like, I enjoy almost, I'm a, I'm a nut. I enjoy I'm almost everything. <laughs> but, like, oh, I was talking about, like, just... And I've been learning to try and like it more, but like I'm just never just a straight runner for distance. Like, there you go. and I never needed it for anything I did, so it, it worked out that way. Exactly. Probably why I like the stuff I like and not the stuff that needs that. But like, I remember telling someone like, this is one of the things that like everything else. As much as it sucks, I usually can find an enjoyment in it. Exactly. Yeah. But that's one of those where sometimes like, why the fuck am I doing this right yeah, now? Yeah. No, I I agree with okay. that. Okay. You know. So um, so you could also say a, a lot of. Uh, pilometrics too, mm-hmm. you know. So I'll do a lot of, you know, I'll I'll have my stick in my ball in my hand, my gloves or whatever, and then I will like do one, you know, one one leg step, you know, to laterally, and then one and then and the one forward, and then okay. shot, you know, and other things like that to try to get a relatively close to what a normal shot would look like. Okay, with movements of trying to focus on that power through one leg. Now, would you consider that more of your strength training or skills training? Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> Both. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't distinguish either one. Yeah. You know, now, if I had, you know, a little bit of a weighted vest on or if I had, you know, something weighted, then I, then I could kind of argue the, well, it's more strength then. Okay. You know, but if I have, you know, the stick in my hand, ball, whatever, and I'm focusing on getting that step-step shot, Mm-hmm. Then it's more of a 
both. Okay, gotcha. You know? How many days a week do you typically train in in an out of season? At, so, so I guess start with how let's just say gym gym work not because okay. training can mean all kinds of different yeah, things, yeah, especially yeah. for a sport but like in the gym how many days in the gym do you spend in season and out of season i try to do four to five for okay. um in season so we'll so we'll so we'll start with the in season i try to go four, four to five and then i try to do like um a let's say a we're gonna say Mostly push, mm-hmm. and then mostly pull the next day, mm-hmm. and then I'll do a little bit of leg power, like kind of focusing on more push with the legs. Okay. And then the last day is kind of more more all inclusive with the actual skills training itself. Okay. You know? So like I said, with the you know plyometrics from jumping from you know flat to on to off to shot. Okay. You know. And that's kind of like that last day. Um, and then occasionally I'll have a day where I'm just doing a little bit more cardio than anything. Okay. So that's like my in-season type of work. How many days a week do you practice when, when doing all that? Uh, so you know how it is. Semi-professional isn't really an official. We practice two days a week. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, but like on my own, I try, I try to do it three to four. Okay, so yeah. and that's separately. What, yeah, what, so four what, to five in the gym, mm-hmm. and then three to four with or without the team. Yeah, so whether that's just me up against a wall, just doing wall ball for twenty minutes, okay. or if it's me actually taking shots, or if I have you know, or one of my buddies is around, me being able to use him, you know, to help out, mm-hmm. or even my girlfriend. My girlfriend's been helping out a lot too. There you with go. with uh, just you know, quick firing, giving me balls, boom, 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 trying to shoot, shoot, shoot. Absolutely. Okay. So, does that change for out of season? Yeah, out of season, I try to slow down on the crossings a little bit because I kind of get not necessarily burnt out. Yeah, but it's just like, okay, I have to do this. I have to like, and again, I try to get that out of my head. Like, it's not a half; it's a you want to do this because you love the sport. There you go. Good. You know, so um, out of season, we could say it's more of actually hypertrophy training, okay. strength training, trying yeah. to. Actually more traditional get, stuff. Yeah, more traditional things. So you'll see me here instead of doing my, you know, uh, three by fives. You'll see me doing my, you know, three sets of twelve or okay. whatever, you know, or whatever, you know. So you'll see me doing a little bit lighter weight and other things like that, and actually focusing on, hey, I'm going to actually have a chest and tricep day, mm-hmm. and then we'll have a back and bicep day, and then you know I'll have a anterior day for my legs and a posterior day for my legs. Okay. You know, when you're when you're in season, how much traditional stuff do you do? And so, for, okay, to me, uh, I mean, I guess differentiate. Traditional to me is basically anything that kind of falls under the bodybuilding, powerlifting, gym bro stereotype okay. uh, versus the movement and the breaking planes of motion is more the functional. Yeah. That I um, you know, so I say, you know, maybe like four or five regular exercises you could say mm-hmm. so we got deadlifts love deadlifts mm-hmm. you know especially for the in season trying to get that power going oh yeah you know, and then as well as traditional bench mm-hmm. um, a little bit of close grip because with lacrosse you're holding a stick pretty close most of the time so you know getting that power trying to get it out closer okay you know I try to think of you know like I said try to think of what muscles am I working during the sport let's exploit them in the gym yeah and then um Let's see, let's think. So we got deadlifts, chest press, maybe a little bit of overhead press, 
if you could say the typical gym bro, like I said, the clean and press and snatches. Yeah. You know, I would say those, anything are, real, those are really typical. Gym anything that falls like. under like a fitness sport, I would consider traditional. Okay. Like so, yeah. So Olympic lifting, powerlifting, yeah, yeah, bodybuilding, yeah. CrossFit, shit, shit like that. Like yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll do, you know, pull downs and stuff like that too. But you know, it's not, you know, it's more of a focus on hey, I'm moving this faster and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So just a handful of those movements, just for that specific reason, mm-hmm. and then yep. the rest of it is all of that neural learning and breaking mm-hmm. planes of motion and that movement stuff, yep. I gotcha. Which isn't for people listening, it's th- those aren't unloaded necessarily either. No, I yeah. mean, it, it doesn't mean you're not holding a weight or anything, it's just yeah. non, it doesn't look as traditional yeah, as what like you're typically I, seeing. Yeah, you know, one way you can think about it is, you know, if you are pushing a sled, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm trying to focus on getting that power through my quads, mm-hmm. okay, so I'm gonna take a really, really big, big step forward, still push, and then really try to push down with my, you know, with my foot, Focusing on putting all my weight, you know, towards my toes, and then really trying to lock out that knee mm-hmm. and get get that quad firing as much as possible. Okay. You know, am I still doing a sled? Yeah. But am I trying to focus on one body part, trying to make it quicker and faster? Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So there's the your work in the general, but then there's a specific focus within that exercise yeah, of exactly. what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, I get you. Um, you talked about you said you were doing the close grip bench because it, it mirrors a little more, and you say like you know you try and what muscles are you using? You can exploit them in the gym. Do you do anything to balance or compensate things that you may be using a ton in lacrosse versus where it's something that you're not using in lacrosse? Do you do anything to keep anything that you're not using, or do you feel like I don't really need that that much because I, if I don't need it for the sport, I don't. No, no, I, I agree, you know, and, you know, it, for me, you know, I, I this is, I, I hate to say this, but, like, for me, like, I, I am a, I don't practice what I preach a lot of okay. times. I'll admit it. Gotcha. You know, so, you know, a lot of things is, like, for me, my glute meads are weak. Okay. You know, so glute meads kind of, you know, they activate more, you know, abduction with your leg going out to the mm-hmm. side. So, you know, they're weak. So whenever they're weak, I know because my SI joint always flares up. Okay. Just always. And yeah. I know exactly what I need to do. Yeah. But I don't do it until it hurts. Yeah. Okay. You know? And then I'm like, ah, crap. Okay. Well, you know, let, 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 let's work on that glute meat a little bit. Try, you know, try to get it firing. And then the next couple of days, it's fine. Yeah. But then again, every now and again, it'll flare back up. I'm like, okay, well, why didn't I just continue doing what I needed to do? I see. You know, so there are some certain aspects when it comes to that. Yeah. You know, but in general, I think I'm pretty diligent. Well, I can't think of anything in lacrosse, though, that would, at least from what I know, that would yeah. leave you unbalanced too much. I it's mean, not like some other sports. For me, I, I guess back. Yeah. You know, like, I know that my chest is chronically tight. Yeah. You know, I, I dry needle my chest once a week, at least, mm-hmm. you know, just because it is chronically tight and... No matter what I've tried, the only thing that really does help is dry needling for me. Yeah. Um, you know, but, you know, so if my chest is tight, well, then I need to work on my back to try to bring it, you know, more out. Mm-hmm. So I guess you could say I, I focus on back a little bit more on really trying to control it versus the power aspect. Yeah. Because, again, I'm not really using my back too much except for my lats, really. Right. And maybe my rotator cuff muscles when it comes to shooting and passing and so on and so forth. Right. You know, so I guess I do focus on a little bit more of the closer grip rows to try to get my rhomboids and lower trap and other things like that firing. Just to help you balance out a little bit and stay. I got you. Um, A little more upright in my pretty posture. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. 
Uh, is that something you do with it all? You talked about with the paraplegics. Do you work on posture with people or anything like yeah. that? Being a oh yeah. at the in the PT oh, yeah. realm a little bit. Oh, it's yeah. it's one of the bigger things that we see. Yeah, you know, um, you know, and you know, a lot of the times, you know, it's it's a very simple, you know, hey, bring your shoulders back and down, and then neck in, you know, and then really try to puff out your chest. Yeah. You know, and then really try to focus on squeezing their shoulder blades together. And those are like the, you know, that's the majority of the cases. Yeah. You know, some of the cases are not as easy. You know, they have neural issues going down when they do do that. So they have, you know, numbness tingling, you know, going down to their median nerve. Okay, well, then you might have a little bit of entrapment going on in here. So we got to release that. And then, you know, again, I'm a firm believer on if you don't use it, you lose it. Yes. Yep. So people who are always in that bad posture, you know, they're always slumped over. They're constantly firing their pecs. Mm-hmm. And then their rhomboids and their, you know, Relaxed. middle and lower traps are not yep. working. So then you got to be able to, you know, so if they're not using them, how do, how do you teach them to use them, to use them without using their upper traps? Because if they use their upper traps, then they're like this. Yep. And they got no neck. Like, <laughs> So no, I see what you're saying. I get a lot of that with people with back pain, and like 90% of the time, it's well, you just don't have glutes or hamstrings that are firing because you sit on them all day, and so your erectors are taking exactly. all of the load all day. Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's not able to handle that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I found that you know a lot of people when it comes to lower back issues, you know, going on to the lower back issues, you know, it's it's their transverse abdominis. Yeah, or that too. Yeah, yeah sometimes it is. It is their, it's the biggest, somewhere in their core at least. Is, yeah, and and then as well as with, with athletes too, like athletes who cannot produce strong power because they're not bracing yep. like the way that I describe it to everyone is you know think about any kind of athlete mm-hmm. you know before they even take a step doing whatever movement they're doing what's the first thing they probably do tighten their core yep baseball player you know they tighten and then they step and swing mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people think oh no it's a step no, no. They tighten that core so they're using it to try to drive that ball even further. Everything starts there because it's the center of mass. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, that lower, you know, lower back thing is, you know, if they keep that nice and tight, everything within that area, it's, it's, it, we have our own natural belt. That's our own natural belt. Right. You know, so if we keep that nice and tight and nice and worked, then we shouldn't have any pain. Now, obviously, you know, you have her, herniated disc and, you know, those whole nine yards, but... Yeah. So you got to find that flexion extension plane that helps them out. But, you know, in general, that's an underused muscle that a lot of people need to be working on. Right on. Do you do anything, speaking of kind of the core and into that, do you do anything with breath work or anything like that with people? Um, you know, I, and again, when it comes to the TA holds, a lot of people hold their breath. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can see their face get nice and red. Yeah. It's funny. So, um, you know, try to teach them how to breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people think, okay, well, I know how to breathe. Okay, show me how you breathe. You know, just in and out. You know, it's not, you know, really try to focus on using your diaphragm. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are singers are really good at this. Mm-hmm. You know, really trying to use that diaphragm to try to bring it up and out. You know, that's a good breath, and then you bring it all the way out. So what I'm trying to describe here, sorry. No, you're uh, fine. Is, is you are basically trying to suck in your stomach and bring it up through your chest and then all the way out and really try to relax everything and let everything come out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, you know, that's probably one of the last things that I try to, you know, teach because a lot of people can get it first couple tries. Okay. 
you know, but if they're having difficulty or if they're having like, hey, like I'm feeling lightheaded in this moment, mm-hmm. are you breathing? No. Okay, well, there you go. <laughs> what other stuff like outside of just traditional like, you know, personal training thoughts, gym gym type stuff? Uh, you said you do nutrition with people. Mm-hmm. What do you do your nutrition? What do you get? What's your... So, uh, sorry, not that I through, necessarily. yeah, no, but so through, through NASM again, okay, it's the uh, finished, uh, the finished nutritional expert, uh, yeah, but there, oh, yeah, that. yeah, same one, okay, yeah. and then uh, as well as uh, DotFit, so I'm a DotFit practitioner, so I'm not familiar actually, so DotFit is through Crunch, okay. so the guy, so weirdly enough, DotFit is actually through NASM, okay, or the opposite, regardless, um, they're affiliated, with yeah, them. like the guy who created NASM also created DotFit, okay, okay. So, um, and then he works solely with crunch with dot fit stuff. So they do a really good job of explaining the supplemental side of things. So not only the macronutrients, but the micronutrients that you need that you might be lacking. Okay. You know, which you wouldn't think that it's really that important, but someone who is, you know, vegan or vegetarian, they might be lacking in iron deficiency, Mm -hmm. you know, and then therefore their blood doesn't get enough oxygen being able to grab onto things so therefore they cannot do a lot more activity they get lightheaded when it well it's because you don't have any iron so you gotta you know again this is the, cla- the classic you know thing you know well you gotta take that iron supplement in order to help you perform the way that you want to perform mm-hmm. and get and get to where your goals need to be you know so uh, DOFIT is really good it's very similar to um, how do I put this uh, uh, my fitness pal Okay. It, it, it's very it's very similar to that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and you can buy their supplements through the store and, you know, get, I think, X amount off or whatever. I don't know. It's been a while since I've been <laughs> on that site in particular. I got gotcha. you. So, so what kind of nutrition coaching do you do with people? Um, so, Again, you know, it probably is... Probably goal-dependent, probably not typical, but... No, it's okay. So, like, I, you know, I, I know my limits. I cannot tell you, you know... You, you you need to eat this for breakfast. Right. You need to eat this for lunch. You need to eat this for your snack. You know, this needs to be your dinner. Mm-hmm. I try to give people, like, the benefit of the doubt, you know. So very, very first session, you know, we go ge- generally o- over everything, and then we dive about 20 minutes into, into nutrition. Okay. okay. I really try to get down to what they're eating, so on and so forth. And, you know, before they see me, I try to, you know, be like, hey, can you bring in a list of, you know, things that you're eating, so on and so forth, you know, just so I can dig into a little bit and try to explain, like, hey, you know, this is really good for you, but you might be having too much of fats. Mm-hmm. You know, your protein looks good, surprisingly, but, you know, so on and so forth. So, you know, from there, I, I'd be like, okay, change this out for this, change this out for this, and let's just see how it works. Yeah. Okay? Give it a couple weeks, and, you know, if it's working, it's working, because, you know, in general, when they're they're coming in, they're already like frightened. They're already scared, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to bombard them with, you know, a crap load of information. Right. I want I want to get ba- basics out the way, and then if it starts to work, we'll keep it this way. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work, well then, hey, okay, I'm gonna send you some like you know meal you know meal swaps, mm-hmm. you know. So in you know instead of let's just say a Chipotle instead of a Chipotle getting a wrap, get a bowl and no chips. Right. You know, keep everything light, light on the bowl, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I understand, you know, having there, in my opinion, there's no such thing as a perfect diet. No, there's not. Yeah. There's I don't there's even no use thing. diet as just eating habits and exactly. like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, you know, I understand that people are busy, mm-hmm. you know, so sometimes, you know, they don't have the luxury of being able to make their own food and, 
so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So then that's where I'm like, okay, this is where the meal swaps come into play. So I usually do meal swaps, and then from there, if that, if that, if that doesn't really work out, then it's more of the, you know, hey, let's actually count your macros. Mm -hmm. Hey, like, let's count your micros, too, and then let's actually see what the root of the problem is. So yeah. I, I try to keep it very broad, mm -hmm. then slowly bring it down if it starts to get worse. You know? yeah. But it's a lot of trial and error, just figuring out how it, it really works for is. that individual. Because you know, really people is. are so different, exactly. too. I know, I know a lot of people that... Like, like my mom, for one, like, if she eats red meat, she feels like shit. Yeah. I eat steak all day. I'm Same. good to go. Exactly. Like, that's my fuel. You know, like, like, but like, it's just bio variability yeah. in people. You know, like, for me, I know that, you know, gluten, like, I'm not, I'm not gluten insensitive at all. You know, I can, yeah. I'm fine. But I do notice that if I do have some gluten or a little bit more in my diet than mm -hmm. what it's used to, then I tend to feel bloated and yeah. so on and so forth the next day. and. You know, so I, I know that about my body, you know, so I got to adjust accordingly. Mm -hmm. You know, someone, you know, might be able to eat gluten all day and they'll be fine. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's a lot of people that they vary. Lot, some people run way better if they're higher carbs. Some people run better if they're higher fats. Exactly, weird, yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that approach that you do. I'm the same way where it's like, I, the first thing, like, it was funny when you said, like, well, I just, what are you eating to start? That's my first step, too. I'm like, well, yeah. where are we starting? Exactly. Let me just see what's going on here. Exactly. And, and then I'm like, yeah, one or two changes, make it manageable. I really don't do much of the tracking with people. That never worked for me. Same. Like, Same. I, I even went through a big weight loss thing myself, and I didn't track one thing the whole time because yeah. it just stressed me out too much. Yeah, to be no, like, and, you know, it's, it's the thing of, like, if you're super stressed, well, then you're not going to lose any weight anyway then, more, you know? Yeah. So, you know. I try to, you know, be like, hey, this week, you know, track your food for me, mm -hmm. and I just want to see see what it's like. Right. You know, and then maybe, you know, because generally people try to eat the same things, you know, generally, mm -hmm. you know, throughout their weeks because it's convenience, so on and so forth. So it's easier for them to do it. Right. You know, um, so then I'll, you know, every, every couple every couple of games, I'll throw a little random thing in there and be like, hey, sh sh you know. Show me what you're eating this week. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. you know, it's funny. So <laughs> you freaked out. So outside of nutrition, what other things do you kind of focus on when it comes to helping people get healthier and get to what they need to do outside of that in the gym? Is there anything else that you can think about that you kind of look into or work with or would like to work with maybe? I know sometimes scope, again, you know, you got to be careful because you don't want to overstep bounds and get sued. But uh <laughs> Uh, so I'm, uh, see, I'm, I don't give a shit anymore. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And if someone doesn't like it, then, the, then, the, then I'm not the person for them. That's but, fair. No, that's fair. And that, that, you know, that, that's a good way to look at it, you know. But, uh, but what other stuff are you interested in, at least to know or to learn more about, or that you already do, that you preach with people outside? Because I, I tell everyone, too, like, I mean, really, you come in here for, like most people have, it's just once a week. You come, I see you an hour, right? Yeah. That's not a lot of time in your but week. What are you doing the rest? So of the rest of the time, let's focus on because that's all stuff. I, I, I've probably said this on three different podcasts now, but like when it comes to health, training isn't even close to like the base of the pyramid for me. Like, okay. it's like sleep is my number one because without that, that's nothing fair. else can happen really. Then I'm like, okay, nutrition. After that, yeah. what are you, what are you feeling with? After that, it's then it becomes like lifestyle and stress management. Like I hold all that stuff even yeah. more important. Than, I, I put. I put sleep and stress in the same kind of same, category. See, yeah, it's just, you know, and you know that's it's it's the majority of people, you know. And again, you could probably, you know, right, it's figure out which, which on how one, you but like yeah. to look at it. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, so like with all that other stuff, like what what types of things do you look at? Do you consider or do would you like to know more about or explore? Um 
more of the actual, I guess you could say, like, process on how we use all of our energy mm. and how, like... Like what? Like what parts throughout our day, during what activities, do things go to for energy? Okay. You know, like do like how much like how much glucose do we use in the brain? Right. You know, and like you know, doing you know just us talking versus someone playing chess. Yeah. As you said earlier, you know, the thousand calories. Right. Like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, so like, and then as well as like, okay, how you know, how much. You know, simple carbs are you consuming and how much are you burning off of that versus how much fat you're burning off and then, you know, how much protein is actually going directly to the muscles that you've just worked versus throughout your entire body and, you know, and again, that's, you know, very subjective for everyone, you know, but it'd be a very interesting thing to see, you know, for me personally, so you I, want I'm to dive curious. deeper into nutrition. You want to kind of, the, like, I guess you could say, yeah, yeah energy I, systems and yeah. fuel source like that. Yeah, I, I guess you could say. Okay. Yeah. Um, what kind of so like when you're doing dealing with people already with that, like do you you said you kind of save tracking stuff for the end, and you said you like play around with you know mm-hmm. different patterns and stuff with different people, but do you like I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um, do you do like you just wait to see what's working or do you try and experiment with different things like do you like put someone on like let's say relatively eating higher carbs now because they were always saying they felt sluggish and more energy and it starts working do you try and experiment with something else then do you stick with what you're doing like how do you I mean a little bit of both a little bit of both you know like you know one of my one clients is she's an absolute nut when it comes to running Okay. Absolutely loves running. Yeah. And she absolutely loves biking. Okay. Okay. So her, I'm like, you can eat a lot of carbs. Have fun. Yeah. Okay. Like, like, it, like, enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. And then you know, there's certain things where you know, sh- like I said, you know, she is allergic to, so she can't have those certain things. So mm-hmm. you got to kind of work around that aspect, you know. But again, I could probably have that same exact diet for someone who isn't allergic to that thing, and it'll still work. Okay. You know, and again, like I said, I, I can't give, you know, I can't say you have to eat this for breakfast, you have to eat this for lunch. Right. You know, but I can give you like three or four things. Yeah. And then you can pick and choose them there and you can mix and match. What do, what do you eat like typically? Um, not just like kind of give me the basis with how you build your nutritional uh, base for yourself and then like, I don't know, what, what what's like your eating schedule, things like that. How do you operate? So I usually, you know... Um, I usually go, breakfast is, depending on the day, if I wake up in time and so on and so forth, you know, um, it's either, you know, uh, yogurt and fruit, mm-hmm. you know, for, for my breakfast, you know, quick energy and also, you know, my digestive tract is not the best, so the mm-hmm. yogurt really helps me out. Gotcha. You know, and then, you know, I usually do that for, you know, for one day and then my breakfast the next day will probably be, you know, um, toast and a fruit. Okay. You know, so I always try to have some sort of quick energy with it and some sort of like long, longer term energy for me. Mm-hmm. And then lunch, I usually typically just do uh, chicken and some sort of vegetable, mm-hmm. you know, and then occasionally there might be a little bit of a like sweet treat in there. So like um, a little bit of gummy bears or something, you know, just give me quick, quick little perk energy, mm-hmm. you know, and then... 
uh, dinner, I usually do, like I said, uh, some sort of chicken and then vegetable as well. Okay. You know, and maybe a little bit of carbs for dinner too. You know, and again, it, it, it does it does change depending on, you know, how my schedule is and so on and so forth. And, you know, um, and then snack is usually popcorn, actually. Okay. Snack is usually popcorn. Popcorn? Yep, I like popcorn. popcorn. Right on. Um, or or, or, or uh, pretzels. I like pretzels. Okay. So you're a pretty square three meals a day kind of guy. And yeah. that works pretty yeah. well for you. Yeah. yeah. You know, it really just depends, depends on the day, how much mm-hmm. time I got, so on and so forth. You know, there might be days where I have two. I see. You know, yeah. but... What do you see with most of your clients like that? You know, most of the time they actually eat, I'd say, like twice a day. Okay. Which in that case, I try to recommend, you know, doing four. Like, split, like split, those, split those meals up that you currently have in half. Okay. You know, and then eat one at 11 a.m. and then have it at another two. Okay. You know, just to try to split it up a little bit so that it's not, you know, so much food going in at one, one point. Yeah. As well as, you know, trying to boost your metabolism and... You know things like that. Okay, I see. Um, real quick before we wrap up, is there anything else that you can think of that you want to explore in this field? We can, you know, tie in whether it is inside or outside the gym. Anything yeah. that you what like kind of is your next direction? I know you said you're not sure long term, but like what it, you're in school right now for PTA. Yeah. Uh, anything else that you're kind of looking um, at for the next step? You know, after that, you know, probably looking for physical therapist at that point then. Okay. You know, I don't really have an idea of what I want to specialize in. Yeah. You know, clearly I'm enjoying the things that I kind you know, that I do now, so maybe branch out even more into that. Yeah. You know, and then as well as just, you know, build up on the athletic training portion as well. Okay. You know, and personal training portion. Because, again, I still think it's, you know, wrapping everything together. You know, that athletic trainer cannot bill for their services, cannot, you know, you know, we're, we're not looked at as a allied health professional. Mm. So you doing more, are you doing more of the PT route just because of the professional aspect behind it or no, not just no. because, but no, I okay. Mean, so that's not a main driver. No, no. I got gotcha. you. I just, like I said, I just love helping people. Yeah. And, you know, I like, in, not necessarily, I like injuries, but you right. know, I like the injury aspect things and I like the you know, muscle, you know, the muscle side and being able to try to figure out problems through this and okay. figure out solutions and helping them out, you know. For and you see that as like the best route to yeah. go right now. Yeah. I see. I gotcha. So thinking about PT afterwards, mm-hmm. would you open up your own practice at some point maybe or? Not go to the business. So, 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 I'd, okay. have to, so I'd have to have my girlfriend do the business I side see. for me. <laughs> I see. Fair enough. Um, is there anything else that you would like to leave us with today? Anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to? I'm trying to think I got everything out. I no, no, you. you're thorough and I liked it. <laughs> it was good. All right. Well, uh, Max, I appreciate your time. Why don't you tell people where to find you, whether it be social media, shout out your place again, yeah. anything else that so people can get a hold of you. All right. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram at max. Uh, was it? Oh my god, I, I, I just started my Instagram account too. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> it was uh, max.health.and.fitness. Okay. okay. Or if they search Max Schrader, they might. Schroeder, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Or if they search Max Schroeder, they can find me. Okay. Um, and as well as if you need anything done for dry needling wise, soft tissue, cupping, you know, or if you need to see a physical therapist, you know, Premier Physical Therapy, we have two locations. One in Woodlawn, one in Blue Ash. And if you need me, my email is maxa 
Schroeder at gmail.com. All right. Well, there you have it. And you guys know where to find me, Adaptive Training Principles, on Instagram and all of the websites, Facebook, all of that. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Have a good one.